Brian Anderson, kind enough to join us. He's on the call tonight uh, for the Kings and the Knicks. Hey, Brian, you might be good luck, man. Things worked out really well the last time uh, the TNT crew was here, so I need you to bring some of that mojo. Look, the similarities, Sacramento, Golden 1 Center, a New York team, and TNT. Need you to bring that same energy tonight, Brian. I think the sample size might not be large enough yet to go there. 1-0 is probably – I don't really want to get into the announcer standings, though. That's that's a bad that's a bad place for me to be. I'll just I'll just say that up front. But we love coming here, and I'm glad the Kings are are relevant and they're winning, and they're going to be uh, on display heavily in the playoffs. And so this will be a familiar stop for us for sure. I think the Kings have some staying power, and you know I think you're going to have years of success here. Is my guess. You know, Brian, uh, in that in that game against the Nets, you know, I went back and I was listening to the broadcast, and I thought you did a, a great job just in general. But you also did a great job of kind of painting the picture. Like uh, you said a couple times, you're like, hey, you know, it's a national TV game. It may not mean so much to a lot of other cities, but it's a big deal out here. They're ready to go. Uh, they're ready to show what this team is about. And I, I just thought you did a really good job of painting that picture of what it was like here in Sacramento for that national TV game. Are you getting the same vibe here this time around? That like, yo, it's still a pretty big deal that they're on national TV. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, we're honored to be here. You know, it's um, we we know that when we show up, it's it's for a reason, and it's typically teams that you know draw big ratings if they're not a winning team, or it's teams that are going to be in the playoff picture. And you know, that's what our we love the regular season, but the the reason we all do this is for the, the postseason. And, um, you know, for me, I, I came from San Antonio, so I, I know I spent eight years as a sideline reporter with the Spurs, you know, in another lifetime. And I know what it's like to kind of be forgotten and what it feels like forgotten in the in the big ocean of the NBA. And, you know, the Spurs started winning championships my first year as the reporter in 99. So, I was there for the first four, and I saw how that whole narrative changed. And, I, and you know, so I'm sympathetic to that, and I understand what it means to people to have us come to town or ESPN and ABC, and uh, there's going to be a lot of that coming up. I mean, it's going to be um, a great showcase for the city, um, the revitalized downtown, this great arena. I mean, the, the crowds here are tremendous. As you guys know, we love that whole feel and vibe of this building and the noise of it all. And so um, we're we're excited to document and report everything we see and uh, try to give it to a national audience. So we, we couldn't be happier uh, than to get Sacramento on the schedule a few more times. No, well, we couldn't be happier to have you, and we couldn't be happier with this game. This has turned into a, a, a huge game with the Kings winning six of their last seven and the, the Knicks winning uh, nine of their last ten, dropping their last one to, to Charlotte. And, and, Brian, the thing that has stood out the most to us is this is Mike Brown and Tom Thibodeau. These are supposed to be two defensive-minded teams. We know very well in Sacramento – that's not the case, but uh, those who aren't following the Knicks as closely might be surprised to find out that's a top offense over there, too. It is. I will say, though, it's so hard to play defense now, um, even, you know, in the context of the uh, the defensive rating in the context with the regular um, season and the rest of the teams. I do think both of these teams are good defensive teams, and they will eventually show that 
in the playoffs. And I say that especially for the Kings, in, in my opinion, um, they've been great in fourth quarters defensively. They've, they're a top 10 defensive team in the fourth quarter or maybe just outside today. Their crunch time numbers are good. Like some of the deeper analytical pieces that show you they're good when they need to be. I know Mike Brown would love them to play at this kind of level of defense the whole game, and he's a defensive-minded guy. I've, I've known Mike forever and was with him in San Antonio and when he was an assistant with us with Pop. But I, I, So I know where he's coming from. I will say, though, I think, I think it's um, a team that scores a lot and has the pace that the, the Kings do and, and the passing that they have, the volume passing and body movement and ball movement – that's going to lead to more turnovers. That's going to lead to easier buckets. That's going to lead to a defensive rating that, you know, is not going to be at the top of the league or top 10. But I think when it gets in more of a half-court game and when you start going possession by possession, and we'll find that out here shortly when you get into the playoffs, I think the Kings are uh, are going to be a better defensive team than most people realize. Yeah, Brian, you, you see the entire league and you see some of the great players in this league and some of the great duos. And they've got one here in Sacramento with DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. You've seen them before. Uh, I know you follow the league or whatever. What What's your take on where they are as a duo in this league? I mean, they're two legit all-stars, possible all-NBA guys, and they've been playing so well this year. Are they two of the best that you've seen in the league so far? Yeah, it's a great duo. I mean, they're elite for sure, and they, they deserve to have their names mentioned with uh, the the top tandems in the league they're, because they're there. And I would just say, you know, Sabonis for me is is really the guy that's unlocked everybody, not just Fox. And Fox is going to get his, and De'Aaron was, is such a dynamic player that he, he was going to put up big numbers regardless. But from a team perspective, the really the lynch I pinned to the, the whole thing, in my opinion, is – it's a bonus because um, he's such a great passer. He's the center of the wagon wheel. He's, you know, he's doing a lot what Draymond Green does with the Warriors, and 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 you know, he's he's left-handed. He can score. He can shoot. He can drive. He can pass. And so for me, um, he's been the real difference maker. And everybody's game has improved. You know, you look at what Kevin Herter has done. Um, I think Keegan Murray. You know, his ability as a rookie to shoot the way he has, but he's open a lot. And Sabonis and Fox create lanes. They create open shots. Um, they are such a vortex for everybody else that they are elevating everybody else's game. And, you know, that trade that went down last year, I think Sacramento took some criticism, and um, we weren't really sure what that was going to end up being like. And uh, But, man, it's been the perfect fit. So, Kudos to their scouting department. Kudos to those who kind of watch Sabonis' game in, uh, in Indiana and realize, like, there's another level of his game that could fit with certain kind of pieces around him. And then they drafted appropriately, you know, with a shooter like Keegan Murray and with a defender like Mitchell. So now, now you're in the position where you're just plugging holes to be a championship-caliber team. That's a great place to be as an organization because – Players want to come here. They know they have a chance to win a championship. You can really define roles. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Fox and Sabonis, they have their place in the game. Uh, for me, Sabonis is the, real, is the real piece that has elevated everybody's game, though. 
And the way Brian laid that out, I think Kevin Durant might come here next. <laughs> he might. He's looking for a championship team. <laughs> all, 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 all joking aside, though, do do you have a favorite in the Western Conference? I mean, we know we know what's going on with you know the Jaw situation. I, I, I think the Stephen Adams situation is just devastating for them. Uh, we're waiting for official word on what exactly happened to Kevin Durant last night. You got the Warriors lingering around. You always got to wonder if the Clippers are going to get it together. You got what appears to be the three-time MVP at the top of the conference. Like who? It, it, for for me, it feels like the conference is open. Like, who, who, do you have a favorite? I do. Well, I like Denver a lot. So you know, for okay. me, they're the the team that's next. And you know, they're a couple of years ahead of where you guys are here in Sacramento. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Kings made a run either. I think you know we don't know though. So we we're in that find out phase of. Kings basketball, we, you know, they're going to have a great regular season no matter what. They're going to be a two or three seed, a home court seed uh, for sure. So then we get to find out, you know, and, and we've seen certain players deliver in the playoffs before. I mean, Kevin Herter had, had a magical run with the Hawks a couple of years ago. I feel like Sabonis is going to be a, an excellent playoff performer just because of the way he plays the game and the style, but you're going to make, have to make shots and three point shots are a lot more difficult in the playoffs. You know, just, there's a lot more pressure on the shooting and, you know, it's the reason Mike Budenholzer doesn't really guard the three point line in the playoffs. He, mm-hmm. he dares you to do that four straight games or four games in a seven game series. And it's really hard to do that. So that's a pretty standard theme. And, you know, the Warriors got to buck that trend and their amazing run borderline dynasty with what they've done um making three pointers but I, I i think it's wide open but i would say denver is on that list i think um i think the warriors ultimately will make a little bit of a run although my partner stan van gundy's not so uh, bullish on the warriors i i love the clippers personnel but i don't know they they just we've had so many of their games and they're uh, they're an enigma right now, so yeah. it's definitely wide open. If this was the year, I mean, the Kings are young. They're generally healthy. They've got explosive players. They have pieces that fit. Um, I would not be surprised if the Kings caught fire and if they elevate and perform like you know you want to in the playoffs. They get through those waves and those nerves. Um, now all of a sudden, you know, maybe you got something here. Brian, we appreciate you carving out time for us uh, on a game day. We got a seat uh, right next to Stan Van Gundy on on on, on the Kings bandwagon for you. Come on, we, we, Brian. We've got it. It's a VIP on, seat. You and Stan Van. He loves your team. He loves your team. Believe me, he was he was very excited about coming here and just this game. And you know, this is a great game for us because you have two teams and all their players play, and they're really fun to watch. And it's a great environment. So yeah, our whole crew is excited to be here. Well, we're excited to see you, and we're excited for the game tonight. Brian, again, thanks for joining us on a game day. We appreciate it. Take care, man. Yeah, my pleasure.